0: This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures! Uh, half Measures?
1: Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy! <laughs> <sighs>
0: Kia and welcome to episode 187 of the Heart Managers podcast. I'm once again joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Paul Kanawa. Paul, we've got a new government, we're on the verge of World War III, so much stuff is happening. How are you?
1: Kia Dan. I am good. Um, there's so many things to fill down about, there's so many things to talk about. I have, however, received mail to tell me to stop talking about politics as much as I should stop talking about football as well so I'll do my best not to dive into that Dan but yes we still don't know exactly what the makeup of our government is going to look like but it's there's a decision in reach so yes we are there.
0: It's a good thing our uh, top 10 uh, TV shows of the year aren't as, aren't as controversial as this. Well sometimes they are but um,
1: <laughs> Yes they are Dan.
0: <laughs> they are, they are. Actually last year was quite controversial. In fact we're, we're getting very close like we're you know, about probably six weeks away before we'll be starting to sort of think about pulling those lists together. I, Is it, I'm, a, I'm already crunching it. I'm yeah. crunching the data. I've got people
1: working oh, yeah. on it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. And if you, I don't know where, you know, people live, but if you, you've seen a lot of the the billboards go up for the top 10 podcasts, it's exciting, mm. you know, get your votes in. Um, I, I will be honest with you, I don't want to spoil it, but I remember 2022, I think I had a list of about 20 at one point and then I whittled it all the way down this year, I'm quite pleased to say it, I'm sitting at 14. So that's actually real handy because that's, that's top 10 and then a couple of honourable mentions for each of the pods, presuming we we're going to split it again like we did last year.
0: Well, it might be, it's, yeah, I think I'm about the same. I think I've got about 15 shows on there. So it's really going to depend on those honourable mentions. But I think if, we, if we're still at this point – um you know as we sort of start to get into december maybe there's no honorable mentions this year maybe because we've, we've got to have something that forces the crunch right so that there's a there's a heart this is the hard top 10 but um correct we will see where we go paul shall we do it like we do it every week what have you been watching
1: let's let's do that and I, and just to final that that comment Um, We have got a couple of shows that we're both looking forward to before end of year, so there will be some more in the mix. So there could be some late special votes to count for those shows. Now, Dan, I've got two things to talk about this week, um, other than our movie of the week. One is very good. The other is absolutely not. So I'm going to start with the good and get that positive energy going. Um, And that is, I've watched the first season of The Morning Show. So... This is a 2019 TV show. It's been sitting there for a well, while. It's taken me a long time to get around to watching uh, this. Um, this is um, a drama um, about an inside look at the lives of people who help America wake wake up in the morning, exploring the unique challenges faced by the team. Given this has a cast that instantly appeals to me and, um, you know, Uh, it's on apple tv plus which i have numerous examples of always enjoying the content um i'm not sure why it's taking me so long to get it and i'm going to embarrass myself um to be honest i think it took me a while to get around to watching it because i thought for some reason this was a comedy and i think i know what i've done i think i've got the harrison ford rachel mcadams morning show movie in my in my head um which kind of has a similar looking poster whatever and i just i've got my wires crossed i mean talk about a half measure in terms of research because i could not be more wrong this is a drama and furthermore this is a really good drama and, and i was genuinely surprised how much i was enjoying this show and wanting to watch one more episode one more episode uh, is this on your radar at all dan
0: it's funny, I'm kind of in a similar camp in the sense that this show is constantly on the top ten um of what to watch on Apple and and I always look at it thinking, Oh yeah, I should check this out. But for some reason I've just I've never hit play. But mm-hmm. I've got no real reason for it because as you say, like the the cast is star-studded, like Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, like these are two heavy hitters straight out the gate. Like it it looks interesting, but Sell it to me, Paul. What, like Maybe I, I need to bump this up the list. I know there's okay. a new season either coming out or streaming now or whatever the kids
1: say. All right, 30 seconds on the mic to sell this to you. So The Morning Show does two things really well. Firstly, it gives you a really good feel for what it's like behind the scenes of putting together – a morning TV show. It's how I would imagine it would be in terms of the stress, the pressure, the speed of which news moves, the arguments that are going on, um, you know, they're concerned about ratings, you know, everyone's doing last-minute makeup. So it does all of those things really well. And it, it nuances um sort of like the off-screen faces of stress um right up to the three, two, one, and we're live. And then suddenly It's all smiles. And, you know, it's like how we argue before we press record and then all of a sudden we appear to be friends with each other. It's that kind of thing where it's like there's this whole um, welcoming place for an audience It's a really warm, wonderful place for the audience, but actually behind the scenes, it's, um, it's not that at all. And if this was what the show was, it would be watchable. But the second thing it does really well is it brings to the surface some really dark story in terms of, in terms of a, a, an abuse of power, of, of privilege, of p- position, if you like, um, on a scale that I haven't seen depicted on a on a TV show as effectively as this before, and and that abuse of power is is something that we see way too often in terms of what we've seen in the, in the news over the last few years. So this show is definitely picking up on those sorts of things, and I'm talking of the Harvey Weinsteins of this world type thing. So, yeah, there's some heavy stuff in there, but I sell that to you in terms of it's just exceptional drama. And to jump ahead with no spoilers, the final episode, because I've only watched the first season and I cannot wait to get going on the second, the final episode of season one, I am struggling to think right now, uh, maybe Homeland season one, maybe... Or oh, maybe discovery season one, I really like that, but there's very few seasons, season one episodes uh, season one finales that are as strong as the morning show, absolutely exceptional episode of television.
0: You have said a lot of things which are selling it to me i'm I'm very interested, so look, we've got what ten episodes, uh, season three came out this year, so it could be in a, a top mm. 10 contender if you can get your way through it. What sort of length are we talking on these episodes Paul?
1: Yeah, about an hour. Um, and it's a solid hour. So it's, um, really quite a, quite a fast hour that it's funny. Cause you know how I say oh, yeah, one more episode, one more episode. Yeah. One more episode is a lot to invest in for me, at least in an evening. Like I'm either, like, I'm either falling asleep or I've got time for a 20 minute Seinfeld. I haven't got time for an hour extra, but that's how it's making me feel. So yeah, it is a solid hour per episode, but, um, there's very little filler in there. There's very little where I'm thinking, oh, come on, guys, speed it up.
0: It looks like we've got some real solid uh, IMDB scores as well on here. Like, we're largely kind of in the so the low eights to high eights even even some nines in there so this i can see what you mean by sort of stellar season i i think what you're saying is interesting like i'm kind of intrigued about the the behind the scenes drama of what you know like i know the pressure it takes to put this podcast together paul like it doesn't just happen there's correct there's there's at least a good 30 to 40 minutes of prep each time to kind of (laughs) you know get get it all organized but yeah. um, no, look, this, this sounds good. I, I'm intrigued. Are you, you going to roll straight into season two?
1: Um, yeah, ab- is absolutely. Absolutely going to go for it. And like you said, I'm very conscious that season – it was season three dropping just last month, in fact, that made me think, you know, do we give this a go? And then, you know, we talked about it and we're both on board. And now I can't wait. And and I, I do have to call out a couple of things on the cast because we recently did a peak performance for Jennifer Aniston, and I would have to say, I'd have to revisit that right now and say the morning show would be in the mix for me. She's really well cast in this role. You know, she looks the part of a morning news. She, she, she just looks like she could do that. If she wanted to do that as a job, she could do that as a job. That's, that's how good she is. But then behind the desk, behind the scenes, when the camera is, is off, that's when she's really, really great. And that different side of her personality comes out. And right alongside Reese Witherspoon, I honestly haven't seen... Uh, anywhere in 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 a while and i've seen nothing that gives um a performance to this level for me and i think the two of them together are, are just dynamite and i i think the the poster of them together um looks like they're a they're a really close-knitted team watch the show and see and find out um and the final one steve carell who back in the time of course when i thought this was a comedy show. Yeah, I thought he was going to be the funny guy presenting the news or the weather or the sports or something. Not even close. I talked about him in the miniseries um, "The Patient," where he was trapped in the basement with General Hux. Um, this is this is another side of him with serious acting, but really, really terrifying. And his his character is is so far removed from reality that it's frightening. That he's either able to he's got his own vision of the world and he's either lying. Or even more scary, he's just not seeing what is actually happening and what is wrong and what's right, and and so, yeah, it's just just like Jason Bateman with the outsider. It's another performance where this can distinguish someone from being pigeonholed as just being a comedy actor. Steve Carell, fantastic.
0: I actually think it's it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I was about to say one of the reasons I haven't watched the show is because I I have seen the sort of the. the the short trailer or or teaser sort of roll on um, Apple TV every now and again. And whenever I see Steve Carell, I'm like you. I I just go instant Michael Scott. And when I – Instantly. And and it's like I think every time I've kind of thought about watching the show, I've either been either post an office rewatch or I might be during one. And it's kind of like I can't mix my Michael Scott's, you know, like I've gotta I've gotta keep it pure. But look, I'm I'm very interested. I, I I might have to bump this up. I am I am looking for what my my next TV show is gonna be. So maybe this could be the one.
1: I, I think you would get a lot out of it. It's um there's a lot more to this than meets the eye of just that poster and i had no idea and if i had known i would have got on it a lot earlier but but yeah so that's a definite recommendation for me and i wouldn't be surprised if i come back in with a second season in the next couple of weeks it does take a wee while to watch 10 hours of tv uh, in my world so we'll see when i get there so that's available to watch as i say apple tv plus the other thing i watched this week the thing that was not very good was Robocop 3 from 1993. Um, I will be brief to save you the pain because this was one hour and 44 minutes of my life that was taken from me. And I can tell you right now that the only redeeming factor for me was that my son, at the age of 14, had a brilliant time watching this. And I, had, I have to say, there is something to be said for a night on the couch. Uh, you know, with a teenager watching a movie that I would have watched at a similar age with some, you know, with some takeaway pizza that remarkably somehow becomes a good time. But um yeah, Robocop 3, the Robocop saves the day once more. This time the half man, half-robot takes on ruthless developers who want to evict some people on their land. My goodness, Dan. <laughs>
0: You can even like I I don't think I've ever seen this one um but you can even tell from the poster it just has kind of that straight to VHS vibe about it just like yeah. with the you know the fire with them and it's kind of a, a green screen Robocop on the front it's but I think there is something special about these movies in kind of their trashiness kind of comes comes the goodness um but yeah I I don't think I've ever seen it to be honest.
1: Yeah, do you know what? That's the thing. I, I remembered one very, very vividly as I talked about it. and the second one came back to me in pieces. But this third one, I don't know that I ever saw it. And, you know, there's there's a reason this franchise is not at the same level as other franchises from this era, you know, of a similarly – what you'd think would be a similarly, um, I don't know, sort of genre. It's not Terminator quality. This 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 isn't even – knight rider or airwolf or street Hawk quality i would rather watch those shows if you remember any of those um this is unless you absolutely need to follow the, the the narrative of of what happens to um to officer murphy um unless you specifically want to know that i don't see any reason to watch as i'd say watch watch the first one and then skip ahead to the remake because there's there's two things that this 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 move this movie should be able to do in terms of robocop if you're if you're robocop all you see is the mouth and so all you the only two qualities you need to deliver a good robocop performance is um the ability to walk like robocop and the ability to talk like robocop i mean i know that sounds pretty straightforward but it's just your mouth and just the walk but okay, so the dude walks a bit like Robocop, but he doesn't sound like Robocop because it's not Peter Weller. And they, I was looking at the trivia of this and apparently Peter Weller was cast for something else that clashed with the timing and the movie maker said, ah, oh, just go ahead, don't worry about it, just find someone else. And that Robocop voice, which I think is actually quite iconic, being missing means that this Robocop is meaningless. And so it, it's, just, it's just awful. The design criteria were not met. Um... And I feel like, you know, I could point the fingers at producers and directors, but they, had, they obviously had way less budget than this. So even though this is six years later than the original Robocop in 87, it looks, as you said, like it's straight to VHS. And that's despite people like Rip Torn in the movie. You could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. You know, he's such a great voice. Bradley Whitford. Commander Lawrence from Handmaid's Tales, Stephen Root from Man in the High Castle, Succession. I I just find it fascinating that this this franchise went downhill so, so quickly. And it you don't even have the satisfaction of it feeling like a B movie because it's trying to be an A movie and it's failing spectacularly. And I'm going to stop because, yeah, I think anyone who's listening has got the idea that unless you're obsessed, don't bother watching this because it's available to watch on Apple TV+. <laughs>
0: It's um. I guess I've got two questions for you. So, are you going to jump into twenty fourteen's Robocop as kind of the the next instalment?
1: Oh, abs- absolutely. That's that's actually ever since the first one. That's all I've had my eyes on is that one. The these two in between were kind of like I'll I'll do it because if there's one thing my son has taken after me for, it's like if he were wa- if he watches one, he's watching he's watching the lot, and I I respect that because that's how I've always been with any sort of you know if I'm seeing I it. it. You, but um,
0: if you start the if you start.
1: The fellowship. The ring.
0: You up with the fellowship, you've got to get the ring all the way to Mount Doom. Like you you don't just end Correct. halfway through. So Correct. I appreciate that. The other thing, and this is probably more maybe in your son's line of interest rather than yours, but there's actually a, a Robocop game that's coming out soon. On, on PlayStation and Xbox, and it's based on the, you know, it, it's an original story. It's got um, Peter Weller doing the the voice acting Amazing. And, and likeness, and it's, it's it's an original story based on the first three movies. So, um, comes out second uh, of November, I believe. So, wow, I, always kind of high risk with uh, these types of games, whether they're going to be good or not. But I just thought you know topical, um, probably of high
1: interest. Fully oh Robocop Rogue City. Oh, fully, yeah. Funnily enough, there's also been a documentary made, um, Robo Doc. I mean, I see what they did there. Brilliant. Um, but also has Peter Weller, also um has Nancy Allen, who spoiler alert, she gets killed off inside like the opening 15 minutes of this movie. This is someone who's been alongside Robocop since, since before he was mm. Robocop and they kill her off. Mm. I mean, what are they thinking? Who knows? But uh, yeah, uh, alongside the the the, um, the writer and the original director, and so we'll probably watch that as well because that's just come out. Amazing timing, given that we've just watched a movie from thirty years ago.
0: Speaking of uh, Nancy Ellen, um, you know she's she's done three movies. She can't even get like a promotion. She's still just Officer Anne Lewis. Like, you know what, what's going on?
1: She's she's the ensign Harry Kim from Star Trek who had seven seasons and everyone else around him got a, a promotion except for poor old Harry. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know.
0: Oh, that's not, look, I'm, I'm appreciating the journey. I'm appreciating, um, I guess l- living this experience through you, but maybe not having the, some of the, the pain that comes with it.
1: Correct. Correct. And like I say, it's literally only the experience of watching it with someone else. Otherwise I, a, I wouldn't have pressed play and B, it would have gone off within 15 minutes if I had.
0: Well, I think this is going to be the great thing, right? Like eventually your son, his son is going to have to go through the same experience because you've kind of enabled it, right? Like, and it's, <laughs> you know, at one point there could, there could be like three generations of Kanawas sitting on the couch
1: watching That's Robocop. That's right. I've enabled it. It's like. It's like football. It's like Lego. It's like Star Wars. All of these things have just brainwashed him into liking. It's amazing. Well,
0: you've un- you've unlocked the core cool memory, right? Like he's going to be like when, <laughs> right. you know when he's an adult, he's going to be like oh, I remember my dad sitting on the couch watching Robocop with me. But we've got to do all of them, and you know it's going to be
1: the journey repeats. Just one last thing, picked behind the curtain. He's already sat out there triggered because he thought tonight. Because we're recording this a, a night later than normal, he thought tonight we'd be sitting down to watch the the football highlights from the um, the the Euro twenty four qualifiers. And I'm like, I'm doing podcast. He's like, Oh, when are we going to watch the football? And it's like that was me <laughs> thirty years ago mourning. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, the 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 baton has been passed on.
0: Indeed, indeed, I love that. I love that. I love this rewatch. I am looking forward to the the more modern version. I I think I have seen that movie, but it's been a a very long time
1: mm. ago. Yeah, same, same. So I'm looking forward to bringing that in in the next again in the next week or two. But yeah, other than our movie which we'll get to in a wee while then, what have you got on the radar? What have you been watching?
0: All right, Paul, I'm um, I'm bringing to you tonight two seasons of television. Um, So this has kind of been... I've been kind of working on this uh, in the background for a little while. So this is the Mayor of Kingstown Season 1 and Season 2. Now, this is a TV show that you will find on Prime Video. Mm -hmm. Um, It is... It's a Taylor Sheridan production, which is kind of interesting. Mm. And this TV show um, stars Jeremy Renner, who, you know, I, I guess I most often think of as either from, you know, one of the Bourne movies or as Hawkeye uh, in the Avengers. And so this is a TV series which has been long on my uh, watch list I guess so I've had a few people recommend it to me of late and I thought you know what I'll give it a go like I kind of I I never made the Taylor Sheridan connection initially and and I I, I have watched the trailer a few times and it it kind of looked interesting but I I wasn't sure and so I, I finally sort of gave it a go one night and I I was hooked. So basically, the the premise here of this TV show is Jeremy Renner and his brother. They're 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 in the McCluskey family, and they're what's known as as power brokers in this in this. Basically, the, the this town is basically made up of prisons and. Um, Jeremy Renner and his brother help sort of negotiate things between the police, the politicians, and what's going on in the prison. And they're kind of they're kind of a, a classic like Winston Wolfe, creative problem solvers. They they're kind of fix-it men. they it's a little bit grey what they do. Like they they they're not really lawyers. They're they're not like they they just solve problems and they they connect all the pieces but they're they're kind of badass at the same time and Paul this is a show that I actually think is is quite up your alley like it's it's a little bit slow burn and it's mm-hmm. got a real kind of not in not in tone but kind of in like visual kind of feel like it feels like it could be part of kind of like the Bosch type of like world like it's or the wire or it's nice. And it's kind of got just this real kind of like slow burn grittiness, but every now and again you get a little bit of uh, Taylor Sheridan kind of spice to kind of like add to the story. And so, basically, what what's normally happening is is Jeremy is just navigating this this super tight tight line between um, what the police are doing on the streets, what gangs are doing, what's going on in the prison, who's in power. Um, who justice needs to be served out to who, like the, the drug trade, whatever it may be. And Jeremy Runner's character just, he just kind of like plays this real gray fine line. Like he's like, like he's kind of bad, but he's like, he's kind of like, he's, he's more good than he's bad. And is and the things that he's doing, he always does it with kind of the mindset of, I'm trying to keep everyone safe. I'm trying to stop the killing. I'm trying to stop wars breaking out on the streets. And, It's just kind of, it's got this like slow kind of build up that just kind of eventually kind of explodes. And um, what's really great is so that the first season came out in uh, 2021 and then the the latest season just came out this year. So it's very much uh, on my list for a potential uh, top 10. not haven't quite decided um, if it it is honourable or if it is sort of in the list yet, but this was Mm -hmm. a, a hell of a good watch. I... Ten episodes in each season. Each episodes about an hour. Fantastic cast. A lot of people that uh, you would have seen before in these types of movies. Like I, I could imagine uh, Mike McCluskey living in the Yellowstone universe. Even in itself, like it's not quite as kind of like bright and vibrant as as Montana. Like it's very kind of blues and greys and kind of. You know, it's it's just sort of got mm. that of vibe to it. But yeah, the, the cast is incredible. So already mentioned Jeremy. It's got um, Diane West. It's got Hugh Dillon. Um, it's got uh, Aidan Gillian from Game of Thrones. It's got Michael Beach, who we've seen in a, a million different things, all the way from Third Watch to ER to Sons of Anarchy to like it's. This is a really good TV show. A lot of big players. Good story. Lots of twists and turns. My one thing about this show is it can get a little bit violent, but it's mm. not it's not it's not like pedal to the floor violent. It's just when it kind of flexes that muscle, it mm. doesn't shy away from it.
1: Mm. This is a good one. That's interesting as well, because you're you're not shy to that sort of content as well, Dan. So for you to call it out, I think it tells me it's obviously right up there. I um
0: I'll tell you that, Paul, I, I, it didn't actually bother me. It's the fact that like, Samara, she's like, I've got to leave the room. She's like, it's 10 much. Oh, yes. And it's like, the, and yeah. so I'm really just calling it out just as a courtesy, but I, yeah. I was okay. all about it. <laughs>
1: that's what I thought. I was, thinking, I was just thinking of um, picky blinders and, and other, other things. Um, yeah. That some shows are getting like that. And, I just noticed. I did a Google on the on the poster when you sort of said about the blues and grays. It's very much about. I love the palette. I love the look of that poster. And then I saw the before and after of the poster, and that they had um, they 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 did the poster. They got Jeremy Renner in for a photo shoot, and then they removed um, face wounds from his face because, of course, I remember accident. you telling me mm. about the the, the, the snowplow accident. Yeah, happened. that's right. Yep, and so based on that i'm guessing and seeing that there's another third season coming he's obviously now well enough to be back on screen and 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 doing all of the things again so that's good to see uh and then the other thing i spotted dan you mentioned hugh dylan in the cast who i recognize as as sheriff donnie haskell from from yellowstone um not to be messed with and he's the he's the co-creator alongside taylor sheridan he's one of the writers as well so That's awesome. I didn't, you know, sort of someone else from the Yellowstone universe coming over here and him and Taylor together. That says all I need to know in terms of quality, because I bore people to death every week talking about writing, but Taylor Sheridan... You, oh, and, you just you just tick the box, you're done, you know you're done.
0: Yeah, well that's the thing like this is and another character from Yellowstone, um James Jordan, um, who is one of the livestock agents, he's also stars and stars in the show as well. So oh, yeah. and this is what I like, Ed. Taylor Sheridan is very good at kind of like cross-pollinating lots of his kind of cast and characters and he obviously builds these great relationships. So Yeah, I think think about the show, like it's like the McCluskeys are like Ray Donovan, in the sense that they're they're just out there, kind of solving problems, and they they've got to use all sorts of extreme measures. Often their lives are not too squeaky clean themselves; they get involved in all sorts of um, incidents. This this does take a little while to kind of get into it, but um, I've recommended it to my to my mother and father in law, and they they. They were into it, Paul. They they got right into it and they they equally kind of binged season one and one and two very quickly. So I think um if you're looking for kind of a you know, it's not the same as Yellowstone. Like, like don't go into it looking for that kind of like uh Yellowstone vibe, but you can feel some of the elements of that coming through. And if you're kind of are okay with a bit of a, a slightly slower pace at times. I think this is a this is a good one, and and I would imagine not too many people have probably come across it, um, mm. because it is you know like it's been out for a couple of years, and I'm I'm so glad they're doing a third season because this is a bit of a, a hidden gem in my eyes.
1: What's funny is I know someone who has come across this and it solved a riddle for me. So a wee while ago, I was talking to someone in my in my other day job. And started talking about *Mayor of Eastown* and saying how good it was, and they were like, "Oh yeah, 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 really got into that, so good." And I started saying, "Yeah, for me, Kate Winslet just superb, you know, Guy Pearce." And they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't remember them being in it. I, I just remember the dude from *Avengers*." And I'm like, "What are you on about? This is this is Kate Winslet front and center." And we never went back to the conversation. I just remember walking away from them thinking, "I don't know what planet they're on, but this they're not watching *Mayor of Eastown*." No. They're not. they're watching Mayor of Mayor of Kingston. <laughs> so yeah. that explains that whole conversation as well. Um, very good.
0: another case solved. so yeah, i I have watched both seasons. I think the first season probably slightly probably my favorite to be honest, but i, I but I think that's a little bit of like you know when you're when you're bingeing a season kind of like back to back, you go on the highs and lows of the story. and I think by the end of end of season two I was like I was I was generally felt sad that I had to wait for season three so I'm very excited for a third season to come out next year this will be a show that I'll be jumping straight on um it, this, this is a tv show that kind of like once I finished it it just left me kind of thinking about the characters wanting to know what they're up to wanting to know more um I think Jeremy Renner he this is this is a great role for him he is a man of true grit, I would say, Paul.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, that's great. I um, I now know what this show is. Um, and as you say, Prime Video. So, I look forward to seeing if and where it places come the end of the year. Then.
0: Mm, indeed. Indeed. Shall we um jump on to our movie of the week?
1: Indeed. So, for anyone just joining us, this is the segment of the podcast where every week Dan and I take turns to watch and review a movie. We announce what that movie will be a week in advance. Most of the time, as long as the person who's doing that announcement doesn't forget my apologies this week um, for doing a late announcement um, Announce in our discord community, um, which you can also join for free, of course, uh, by clicking on the link in the show notes and then find out what we're watching and then watch along with us and then come and tell us why we're wrong with our review. This week, then we are going to one of our most beloved, treasured franchises from our childhood, um, Transformers, with the latest instalment, Rise of the Beasts.
0: Way to begin with this one, Paul. So I think it's... uh... You know, let's start with the synopsis. Let's start with the basics. So, during the 90s, a new faction of Transformers, the Maximals, joined the Autobots as allies in the battle for Earth. So, a real big thing to think about with this movie is, this is a prequel to the Mm -hmm. other Transformers movies that you've already seen. Now, I don't think they do a very good job of making that clear. Like, you've kind of got to do a... I don't know about you, but, like, you, you kind of had to do a bit of work to kind of, like, understand it. It wasn't instantly obvious to me. Now, you know, you said right at the start, Paul, like, you and I, we are big fans of the Transformers. We um, were big fans of Generation 1 Transformers. We've re-watched um, animated cartoons. We may have dabbled in some collectibles over the years. Maybe. Um, we have um you know like I think there's some movies which are okay in the Transformers universe I think this is for me uh better than some of the later ones but I think nothing has quite topped the the first Transformers movie for me and I think one of the things that we've always talked about and we talked about this when we have reviewed uh some of the the animated shows you and I aren't really big fans of that sort of like that, that offshoot of the, of the Transformers. Like I, I've never really like, like I kind of miss the whole beast wars concepts and the, yep. the Maximals. Like yep. we kind of know who they are. We know the sort of context of them, but it's, I think that was always sort of the thing that put me off this movie a little bit as it was sort of a, it wasn't um as much of a sort of a, an all spark for me, shall we say. And so, I think for me this movie was okay. I it's got quite a great cast. Um I I think there's yeah, it's it's just a really good cast. But I think story-wise, even effect-wise, like it just didn't really hit too many boxes for me. If anything, I'm kind of like, let's just reboot this whole franchise. Let, let's make it real clear and just kind of start again like it was great to see um some characters that we haven't seen much of before but to be honest I didn't overly have a good time on this one
1: where did you land on it interesting Dan. the last Transformers movie brought to the pod was in early 2020 all the way back in podcast 18 I'll have the tuner no crust was the title of that podcast that's how long it's been and i got to be honest, I, you know, um, that was Bumblebee. And we'll talk about that in a moment because I want to make some comparisons. But going back to the main franchises, you call it, of movies since the 2007 movie, you know, Revenge of the Fallen, all the way through, it has got progressively worse and worse and worse. And throwing in what you just said around the fact that it's not really pure Autobots and Decepticons, but they're bringing in the beasts, the Maximals, whatever... And that being something that you and I both ironically never picked up on. I thought this is going to be one of those movies where I have to watch because it's a franchise I enjoy, but I know going in that I'm probably going to come away just shaking my head and thinking, what have they done to something and just go and sit down with all my collectibles and just sort of rock in the corner for a while. And I'll come out straight away and say, I could not have been more wrong. I'm... I'm absolutely shocked how much I enjoyed this movie. I'm shocked. One of my complaints of the other movies has always been the number of characters. There's always been too many. This movie, kind of like the first one, has a really small number. I think there's like five Autobots in here. You've got Prime, Mirage, Bumblebee for a short period, RC, Stratosphere that's a, yeah the plane um and then with the Decepticons it's just Scourge and of course Unicron um and so that gives me the ability to get to follow the characters quite simple you know my simple brain keep up with the story and who's doing what and and who's where and trying to work out what's going on and coupled with that they all have distinctive looks which i which may sound really basic but When I've got four or five silver robots all fighting each other, I don't know who is who. And I'm instantly lost then. I can't follow what's going on. I can't enjoy it. And so that really helped. I thought the story, it had a dip in the middle, but I thought the story was relatively simple and straightforward. And that helped. And then performance-wise, voice cast-wise... I felt that there was some really enjoyable performances. I thought Pete Davidson, who's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think he's absolutely spot on as Mirage. Um, I thought the the main dude, Anthony Ramos, who played Noah, I thought he was fantastic. I bought into his journey. He wasn't cheesy. He was, he was just, he was believable. He was genuine. He was funny, had good values. You know, he got caught up in something he should have been doing at the start, but he was a good person and he cared about his brother. There was lots of things here that I enjoyed. And so for the first time in a long time, I came out of a Transformers movie wanting more and excited for what is to come next, which I'm not sure how spoiler we're going to go, Dan, but there's a certain implication, certain inference that we're going in a certain direction next.
0: It's funny because I... I so I did like the I did like the cast I thought um, you know it's so awesome that we still got you know it's a Peter Cullen you know as Optimus Prime is, is always not to be sneezed at um, I, I, I'm with you I, I enjoyed Pete Davidson as Mirage I, I really enjoyed um, Dominic Fishback who
1: yeah
0: uh, who I she was saw in Swarm which was another fantastic TV show yeah um, I Michelle Yeoh like
1: mm-hmm. I, I think
0: that the cast is good I, I I'm with you that I enjoyed the sort of smaller cohort of Autobots I loved that well we I felt like we didn't really get you know Decepticons that we could really kind of like get behind well in, unless you're kind of like deep in the Correct. in the lore of um Decepticons I think the bit that kind of really just grinds my gears—that's a nice. Family Guy Transformers so transition—is um, I, and I know that this is a prequel, but I hate how weak they always make Optimus Prime. Like, I yes, like, yes, it's like Optimus Prime should be just like a. It, it, we need to give him Clark Kent level kind of like he should just be like a wrecking ball, and I just feel like every time in the Transformers movies, like. It what is the good sports.
1: You and I have the G one Prime from nineteen eighty six. I still have the box. If you look on the back of the box, it's got like the old fashioned ratings, and they've got like skill, power, leadership, wisdom, all of these things. He's scoring. He's scoring tens across the board. I think. I think there's a couple of them that he's not, but leadership and power. He's top of the. He's top of the game. He's 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 the big dog in the wrestling ring and. And I just felt like I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to show that the power of Unicron was, you know, inserted into Scourge. And he sort of says, oh, I love that look of surprise on the face when you don't believe the power. So they tried to play up to that. But it's, I don't know, it's a little bit too much. It sort of, it doesn't play out as well as Rocky getting smashed around for 90% of a movie and then winning in the last 10%. It just doesn't work.
0: And it's it's the same thing with Bumblebee for me. It's like oh. I'm I just just let Bumblebee speak for God's sake. Like I'm like <laughs> That's right. Like it's so frustrating because like the relationship between Optimus Prime and Bumblebee is, is so critical. And the fact that he always has to make um you know radio sounds is like uh like and it it's frustrating because it's like you're literally robots transforming into virtually whatever you want and it's like you know I don't know, Paul. There's so many frustrating things, and I I feel like... I am more probably frustrated at the franchise than I am necessarily specifically at this movie. Like, yeah, and I I know that they've kind of set this up for a, a different type of spin offs, but even there's just moments in this movie that were just so cringe to me. Like when uh, Anthony Ramos's character, when they're kind of like scanning him to see like, oh, yep, this is you know this is Noah Diaz. He's like this this years old. Yeah. Oh, he's ex-military. It's like of course he's ex-military. Like of course it's. Of course he is. <laughs> I don't know. There's just some, some corny things, and, and I think it's okay to have corny um, in this type of movie, but I just, uh, it, it's a shame that such a beloved beloved franchise is kind of, like, I think the, the movies that came before this have done this movie no favors mm, mm. at all for just kind of the, I don't know, my mindset and attitude going into it, which which probably isn't fair, and it's probably more on me than anything, but.
1: Yeah, I hear what you're saying and I think the bar is low for what makes a good Transformers movie now. And which is why yeah, I wanted to talk about Bumblebee, because I felt like Bumblebee was a standout for me. I did enjoy that. And I, I think that um with you know with the exception of Hayley Seinfeld's character in Bumblebee, um, yeah, which I s is that standalone type movie, I haven't enjoyed the I haven't enjoyed the younger humans uh in a transformers movie or in any sort of transformers since probably spike and spark plug which goes back a long long many decades and i, I just felt like um as you said um dominique fishback she was great i thought that dean scott vasquez who played the younger brother chris i thought he was quite good and anthony ramos i just thought he was really good as no I, I just Yes, I know what you mean about, oh yeah, they scanned and he was military, but I just found him funny and I just felt he carried that narrative. And I've always argued there's always been too much human in the Transformers movie. I, I want more robot. I want Cybertron. I don't necessarily, you know, I certainly didn't need Optimus Primal and all of the, the dinosaur touch stuff. But that being said, again, not being a Beast fan, I thought the logic at which they wrote that story around how, why they were disguising themselves in the way they were because that was the environment they encountered at the time that they arrived. All of that sort of made sense. It played out. I liked R.C. um, because she's a character, she's a nice addition in terms of bringing in a Transformer who I only really knew from Transformers Prime um, and then mixing her in. I think it's important to have a, a more balanced gender ratio in the Transformers cast and obviously they've got some way to go to level that balance out but I thought... I thought she was was quite good, but um, I'll tell you something, Dan. If I will not going with your criticism, sort of lens here, the music annoyed me, just like the music in Justice League annoys me. I don't need to hear pop, popular, pop culture music. I I want a good Hans Zimmer score. Thanks very much.
0: Yeah, I think just just even hearing you talk, it makes me feel like like reboot reboot the series but like reboot it with like all of the all of the kind of the 80s 90s vehicles and stuff like i feel like that would be a, a fun version of transformers to watch in in real life because i'm with you because the other thing that's kind of frustrating is once these robots start rolling around getting in fights, you you really can't tell who, who's who and them. That, and that's been a, a problem for me for the entire you know reboot of these or the, these movies so um yeah, look, I'm I'm with you as well. I thought that the soundtrack was a bit all over the place. I did actually like that they eventually took their fight out into the the kind of jungle. Although I did feel sorry for the uh, the native people of the land having to kind of like put up with all these shenanigans after keeping their secrets for all these years. But um, it, it almost made more sense when they were kind of like deep in the forest and you know away from kind of everything else human because literally you've got optimus prime like giving mirage a hard time about ah we're supposed to be keeping it a secret and he's like walking around like just under a bridge like a you know a full track and it's i don't know come on like like it, it feels just a bit sloppy in terms of the writing and the storytelling
1: yeah oh look i, I i'm not going to argue with too much you've said there although i i will say i did find it easier to find who was fighting who because the the numbers were limited um and they they were quite colorful so that worked well but you're right to call out peter cullen as well just looked him up 81 years old and still delivering that voice and some of the classic lines that we just absolutely loved as kids all the way back in 1986 to have that voice oldest second oldest voice ever to voice a transformer character except for one other actor who was even older and um do you know who that is then off the top of your head or not George George Coe, who voiced Will Jack in *Dark of the Moon*, uh, he was 82 at the time, and that movie was completely forgettable, in my book. That's the thing when I think about *Revenge*, you know, *Revenge of the Fallen*, *Dark Side*, of *Dark of the Moon*. Last night, *Extinction*. When I put them all together, the 2007 movie, this movie, and *Bumblebee* uh, are a clear distance ahead of the others. But you're right let's let's reboot
0: so the big question paul what is your guns and rating for this one
1: because mm. the the middle of the movie which i touched on at the start and we never really went into it, it did when it went into the two big fights the two big action the two big you know you could see michael bay from the side sort of going don't forget to put a big explosion you know that really lost it a a gun for me i'm i'm gonna go two and a half guns or and put that into the context of me coming in saying i enjoyed this movie because i had such low expectations and the others are such pants i'm i'm glad
0: that you enjoyed it and i think that's that's almost like the best outcome possible right when you kind of like as a fan come into it and and you get more out of it i think for me it's it's probably about a one and a half gun. Um, I I just struggled to kind of have a good time and and kind of get into it. And I I found myself kind of like eye roll cringing more than I I want to in this sort of movie. And like and like I can I consider myself a big child Paul. Like like I'm correct. You know, yeah. This should be easy easy pickings for me, but um, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. And we did have to um rent this one this week so we've had to dig deep into the uh <laughs> right. the the coffers of half measures to, to make this happen
1: we appreciate we appreciate our patreons um available to rent rise of the Beasts on apple tv plus i've just realized all three of the things i've brought to this podcast this week are apple tv plus then i'm obviously drinking the kool-aid now so the the big question for you is what's your pick of the week yeah well for me it would definitely have to be the morning show for sure. Um, um and that's up against you know Robocop 3 in this movie which wasn't which was fun but not great in amongst other shows on other weeks it would still potentially be my pick of the week it was really superb quality addictive so much depth quality performance and yeah it's a show I wish I'd started a long time ago so always read the synopsis not just look at the poster what about you
0: I think the one good thing sometimes, in about coming late to a TV show, much like I've done with like Mirror of Kingstown, which is my book of the week, yep. um, is like you've, you've got a couple of seasons under you you know to look forward to and really kind of get into. So there is sometimes a bit of a blessing in um, not being an early adopter. But yeah, for me, Mirror of Kingstown, again, I should have jumped on this way sooner, but I had a fantastic time binging all two seasons. So an, an easy choice for book of the week on Prime Video.
1: Very good. Well, there we are. It's now time to cross to the news desk to hear what is going on in the industry with Dan Whiting King. Dan.
0: All right. I've got a, a few things for you today. A lot of rats and mice, but still, you know, things may be of interest um, for the public out there. So uh, Oppenheimer, that is coming to 4K, Ultra, Blu-ray, DVD, all the things on the 21st of November. Uh, mm-hmm. in the U.S. and the 22nd in the U.K. So um, that is probably going to be, in a lot of people's Christmas stockings this year, I imagine, uh, a great movie um, and probably a, a great one to to own on 4K, I think, if you get the opportunity.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, the Wombles, Paul, you'll be familiar with The Wombles. I imagine you probably grew up in a, a Womble culture.
1: Remember you're a Womble. Remember you're a Womble
0: the wombles is getting a modern remake so um oh, no. i it's it's, a, it's funny seeing this news article i as a as a kid had wombles wallpaper in my in my bedroom which is which is such like like it it just brought back all that memory and i i can't tell you much about it i don't know like how it got there or well, like, did, did my parents choose it? Was it just in the house that we lived in? Either way, I had Womble's wallpaper. And I, you know, have these – I might have even had a Womble's toy, but um, <laughs> whatever the Womble's are, they're coming back in some form. So keep an eye out for that.
1: I really want to know the whakapapa of this wallpaper, whether it was a choice or whether it came with the house. Because I, my wallpaper, as I think I've talked about before, was the specifically the Fifth Doctor, Peter Davison um, – not, not Peter Davidson. Peter Davidson Doctor Who wallpaper, which I chose, got my dad to put up in the bedroom, and on the first night of sleeping in it, saw the Daleks and Simon, was terrified, and it had to come down. <laughs> it's terrible. Make you I'm, gonna, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna fix my mum right now, live on the pod. Oh look um, at this. You know the Wombles wallpaper.
1: Dan's now so old he reads his text as he types it.
0: Actually, you know what, I can't do it live on the pod because it's already um, autocorrected Wombles to Wimbledon and I can't deal with it, so I'll, I'll deal with it later. But I'll report back once I find out the, the origin story of this one. Uh, Michael Caine has officially, Paul, retired from acting. So um, mm. the 90-year-old um, has confirmed he intends to retire in the wake of the, the Real of the Great Escaper, which will be his final film, which is coming out soon. So that is an amazing commitment, Paul. 90 years old and still going strong. Such an incredible actor. We've had him on peak performance. um, And a well-earned rest is on the way, I imagine.
1: Fully. Fully well. Just absolute legend. And I love that he's going out um, in a movie, The Great Escaper, which just the the poster and the font just kind of is almost throwback to olden times. And I love that he's sort of going out on something of a a Michael Caine-ish role. Mm
0: very good. Um do you remember the the gargoyles TV show you might you might be a little bit too old for this one this was a, an animated TV Amazing. show. I I was I think I might have even been a bit too old for it but I do 99. remember yeah, I remember you know, you chuck the TV on when you get home from school, and like sometimes there'd be random cartoons. Anyway, The Gargoyles is getting rebooted as a live action series, and it's going to be done by the writer of The Nun and It. So, um, Ooh. look, I don't know, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I'm who knows how they're going to do it, what it's going to look like, but um, yeah, interested. Uh, what else have I got here? Um, The Kingsman 2. Uh, Which is coming out soon? Uh, They've released the the title for that, and it's called The Traitor King, and it's going to cover the rise of Hitler. Um, Interesting. I I feel a bit out of sync of like you know the Kingsman movies. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like we've had hundreds of them, and so the Kingsman two. Look, someone will write in and correct me on this, but um, I'm unsure of the order of how these things work. But there is another movie coming, and it looks like they're picking up another point in history.
1: I always feel like they're good quality. I always remember the first one they being are, Grand yeah. Baking with Colin Firth, and I love the one where Elton John had been taken prisoner, and there was another spin-off one. I always feel like the one with Ralph Fiennes with the cup of tea line. Great, great. It's so good. Like
0: the, the,
1: I think they are sort
0: of great popcorn movies, aren't they? With sort of some, some, I'm just I'm unclear of the, the numbering system and the, yeah, the rebooting and, and resetting. A uh, little bit of Star Wars news, Paul. So there was an X-wing used in the original uh, New Hope movie that recently sold at auction. So this is one of the X-wings they used for the the various scenes. I don't know whether you've seen this article, um, but do you know how much uh, this X-wing sold for at auction? Now this is a twenty-inch model used to create
1: special effects. I didn't read the article. I saw the headline. If memory serves, was it like three million or starts with a three? yeah 3.1 million yeah. so that's a
0: a pretty awesome piece of memorabilia to have i'm i'm, I'm not sure about the 3.1 million dollar price tag but um nevertheless it's hopefully it's going to uh, a happy home uh what else have i got here so taylor swift so a little bit of music news, but she's brought her Eris, Eris Tora to the uh, to the box office, and it is absolutely smashing it. So, uh, last weekend it made about ninety six million dollars, so which is huge money for a, a concert movie in in North America. So, um, look, you and I, Paul, we're both Taylor Swift fans. I'm sure mm. we'll be checking this out at some point when it uh, hits screens over here.
1: I was just going to expose this as well and say, you know, behind the scenes, did you know we're big big TS fans? both of us went to the live performance of the 2019 reputation tour in Auckland. Um, I'll be keen to see it.
0: It will be good. It will be good. I'm I'm interested. Uh, Then my final couple of bits of news. So they're both walking dead bits of news. Now, look, it's anno- this is annoying news, Paul. It's, it's about season <laughs> two of, of um Bonjour, Daryl Dixon in France. Now block your ears for a moment if you don't want to hear this. But I feel like they have plastered this news everywhere and it's so annoying I and mean, I'm now part of the problem, also spreading it. So jump ahead like twenty seconds if you don't wanna know. So, but basically, like they've 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 outed Carol returning in um in season two of um Bonjour, Daryl Dixon in France. Right. Carol and Daryl off for baguettes and croissants, um, but it's it, like it's annoying that they kind of like you know this you know there was always going to be the Daryl Carol spinoff and then it kind of changed and it's. Like on one hand they're probably trying to build the hype, but on the other hand it's, it's frustrating that like you know you and I haven't even started eating the baguette on this one, and w- it's already been it's already been kind of like a, a big spoilers drop. So um, I don't know what those guys are doing over there, but I think they need to keep their powder dry. And then on the can, can I jump oh, in yeah.
1: and just apologise to our listeners in France because I just quickly just had a look at our stats, Dan. Of the listeners of Half Measures, fifty four percent New Zealand, nineteen percent usa eight percent australia seven percent uk two percent germany two percent ireland and then rounding out the numbers because there's a whole bunch of countries with zero point somethings is france with two percent so to those listeners in france um it's not all baguettes and croissants i'm sure but um but hey you've got time to listen to the podcast because you've been knocked out the rugby world cup so how about that
0: indeed 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 Final bit of Walking Dead news, so The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live, um, has got a, a premiere month and a new teaser, so this is the uh, Andrew Lincoln, sort of Rick and Michonne spin-off, so it looks like the live premiere for that's going to be happening in around February next year, so... A lot of uh, a lot of hype, a lot of pressure on this one, Paul. I I hope they stick the landing on this. This this could either be the the savior of the Walking Dead universe, or it could be just a, a further nail in the coffin. Though I should I should be cautious saying that because I have heard very positive things about uh, Daryl Dixon.
1: Oh, I, I was just going to say, we don't know because we haven't seen The Tales of the Walking Dead because that's sitting there waiting for us to watch. We haven't seen Bonjour, Daryl Dixon in France, so we don't know if either of those two shows can raise the bar. Who knows? But I can't help thinking as you're talking, and I know this isn't news, but I'm going to say it anyway, I can't help thinking that if we took Dead City, if we took Negan and Maggie, if we took... Rick and Michonne, if we took Daryl, if we took all those characters and just took them and just went back to basics, you know, and just focused on those characters and had them together in one series. I I don't know, but I'm I'm just feeling like maybe that would have been even more successful, but who knows?
0: Look, maybe Rick's gonna end up in France. Everyone's going to France. It's um the whole team's gonna be together. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, that is me on the news desk ball. Anything uh on your end?
1: Um, no, I really just wanted to talk about Michael Caine. That was my um, that was the one thing which stuck for me this week because uh, there's a generation, isn't there, of of actors. There's just those classic, you know, Robert Redford recently retired, Gene Hackman retired very quietly, um, hasn't sort of, so, you know, Jack Nicholson sort of hinted that he might come back, but there's just a, you know, Clint Eastwood. I saw a picture of him recently. I don't know how this guy's still directing. It's incredible. But this generation are disappearing from the screens and um it's i will make a real effort to watch that michael kane movie because um he is he is just absolutely standout. so no nothing else to really add of a news point other than uh again i know i did rumors last week but this time i'm doing reaction reaction this week ridley scott two thumbs up he's given to alien Romulus so that's the new alien movie he's seen it um which is just all it says is that the, the synopsis is young people from a distant world must face the most terrifying life form in the universe so it's a completely different sort of you know spin-off or whatever and Ridley Scott says he loves it and so I don't know he's he's, he's not the sort of person that mints we Ridley Scott so that's exciting.
0: Well, I'm going to have to break. I'm going to have to break your news here for a second. I've, oh, I've just no. got a text back. I've got a oh, text back oh, we've got a live my, response. from my mother. We've got a live response about the Womble wallpaper. She put it up. So there we go. I've now I've got more. Que- I've got more questions than ever. Um, what, was I an early adopter? Were they the fans? Were that what was happening? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But um, I'm, I'm no doubt going to start a big conversation now. But I'm um, sorry to interrupt your, no, no. your
1: news. But I- um, that's the only news I've got. I'm I'm more interested in the wallpaper, um, the Wombles. I used to have a record player back as a kid, and I had the the Wombling song on record, and used to play that. You know, underground, overground, Wombling free. I, I can still hear it. So that that's exciting news. Anyway, I'm going to move us on, on from the Wombles to our mailbag this week, and I have to say it's another one of those weeks then that I just absolutely love the mailbag there is nothing better than having the people who have made the content we are reviewing listening to our review of their thing and then getting in contact to us and we've had it a bunch of times in recent weeks and i feel like we're on a, a good little roll here and this week then we had the writer and the creator of blue lights uh get in contact um after our review of season one last week he uh, declan lawn he he shared our post and then he replied to our post, and he just said, Guys, I caught your review of blue lights here on the other side of the world. Thank you so much. Delighted you like our show. D. And how cool is that? I just I just love that sort of stuff. Um I then took the liberty of replying to him with the gif, which was the title of our podcast last week, I like podcasts. Uh, the gif of um of Tommy saying I like podcasts. And I said, in our minds, Tommy is a fan of our podcast. Um, and we like him even more for that. And he replies to that with the praying emoji, which um you know, could we could we have season two with Tommy listening to a podcast and it's us in the background? Imagine that
0: Paul, you old boomer' we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've we've recently you know like over the last I don't know twelve months, it's not praying. it's high fives. hey eh? It's not praying. It's like two hands like a high five
1: no,
0: look. Che- Look,
1: you need I you, to. Go I you you why, with- no, no, I'm stopping you at this point, Boomer. Because if you type into your emoji keyboard pray, it brings up that emoji. Look, you need to go and
0: check with your teenage son right now, <laughs> like whether that's pray hands or high five hands, because I've run pretty good authority that the youngins are calling it high five hands. Oh,
1: wow. Well, so many of my messages are now. I thought the high five was two hands out like that. What's that then? Is that surrender? Like I give up? <laughs> don't shoot
0: <laughs> it's like this is a bank robbery put all your money in the bag <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay well i live i live and learn wow okay that's 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 really
0: i'm, I'm gonna google it now while you're talking
1: i Keep use down. that emoji a lot and I, and like when someone's sort of saying i really hope this happens you know the you know they've been unwell for a number of years i hope they can recover and i'm replying with a high five <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, look look this is a half measure bit of research. So apparently according uh to emojipedia, there is no one winner. Um so people kind of look at it as as both uh yeah, high five or, or kind of prayer hands. So look it it's dealers choice, but um look, we've we've got to try and stay modern with the times. so yeah,
1: I'm tempted to do a poll on, on X. We haven't done a poll for a couple of years, I'm tempted do it. to do one. Do but it. um Either way, I um, I like that. Now, he also um, replied to us on our Instagram post, the the creator of Blue Lights, and he said again, he said, thanks, guys, so glad you enjoyed our show. If you are ever in Belfast, look us up. So that's it, Dan. We're taking the podcast overseas. We've got more than enough reasons to go to Ireland anyway. We can stop off in LA and see Frank Todaro Starscream on the way, um, like a world tour of the Half Measures
0: that'll be great like if we can get that uh, that listen count from Ireland up to about 5% then you know maybe that's a it's a possibility
1: so good um, just before I forget because there's you know, so much excitement here Nathan Braniff who played Tommy um, he also shared a review on Instagram as well as well as the producers who put it on their Instagram story and I, I just I, I do absolutely love I know I've gone about a lot but I do love when we can give back something to people Creating stuff we love so that's that um finally peak performance um now scarlett johansson was the pick last week we had a couple of suggestions come through firstly a regular compu- uh, contributor sorry uh, geek girl review over in aussie uh, she went with the movie lucy i haven't seen this but i know enough from the trailer that this is like a definite kick-ass movie uh, the movie lucy um sam from hamilton uh, went with uh, the girl with the, a pearl earring. Um, that was a very old one. That was She was very young, opposite Colin Firth in that one. So that's a something of a deep cut there. Jason from Pardewra went with Black Widow. Uh, not sure if that's the character or specifically that movie. Um, Diana from the Capity Coast, um, which is, by the way, a lovely spot on the west coast of the North Island here in New Zealand. She went with an honourable mention of Lost in Translation. And peak performance was Vicky Cristina Barcelona. And then finally, Paddy from Time Travelling Team Podcast 321 of Sing 2, Under the Skin. And peak performance was Avengers Endgame. Mixed bag from Mr. Fox this week. That's the mailbag.
0: Very nice. Some uh, great shout outs as per usual. Paul, shall we jump into our peak performance for
1: this week? Indeed. So this is the second regular segment that Dan and I do each week, where we take it in turns to pick out the best performance for someone from the movie or TV industry. This week, Dan, you've brought to the peak performance segment, Brian Reynolds.
0: It kind of felt only natural. we got Hugh Jackman. Mm. Let's jump into Ryan Reynolds there. Um,
1: I see what you did. They kind
0: of have this great like frenemy kind of like internet uh, war with each other, but they they are good friends in, in real life. Um, I think for me this week it was, you yeah, know, some tough choices, but I think what I'm going to go with for honorable mention is the 2010 movie where Ryan Reynolds started and called Buried. And this was one of the – those first movies that kind of got me into those, you know, we talk about them all the time, those, you know, kind of stuck in location, kind of a little bit isolated, claustrophobic type movies where this is where um, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is a, is a truck driver and he basically, um, he's working in Iraq. Um, he kind of wakes up buried alive inside a coffin and he's only got his, his cell phone and the lighter and it's it's kind of like it was one of, I remember going to the movie and kind of the person I went with was like, is this whole movie going to be in this coffin? And and it very much was that. And it kind of like, it sparked an interest in this type of storytelling. So very much uh, a favorite movie of mine. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So I'm not too sure how it holds up today, but it was uh, definitely a favorite. Uh, And then for my peak performance, um, I think I'm going to give it to 2016's Deadpool. And I think for me... I think Deadpool kind of hit at just the right time. They like they they did something very different. Um, there was you know, there was a lot that were peak Avengers at this point. There's a lot of superhero stuff going on, but Deadpool kind of came. Not out of nowhere. It was it was a, a great kind of like reimagining of Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, which we saw in the the X Men movies. It was funny. It was well told. It um, had a great storyline. They had a whole bunch of sort of weird like budget issues that they had to sort of work around. But I think it it all just kind of worked, and I think it was kind of a strike lightning lightning moment because anything since it hasn't quite been as good and hasn't quite kind of hit the same way, but I think that 2016 Deadpool was a, a pure classic. So yeah, Buried and Deadpool. How about yourself, Paul?
1: Very interesting, Dan. We are in sync, but in reverse. So spoilers there. Deadpool for me, as minorable mention, and Buried is my peak performance. Deadpool for me, again, the first one, I just remember watching it and just, just being coming away with like a sore stomach from the laughter i just thought that first movie was just absolutely hilarious and talk about a movie made for someone deadpool is ryan reynolds ryan reynolds is deadpools it's, it's kind of like and we've talked about this before with other movies he's done where sometimes we're like is ryan reynolds just ryan reynolds in 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 a lot of things mm. and and deadpool was just the perfect example of that where he gets it just so perfectly right and it's such a great fit but then conversely peak performance for me buried this is something that I saw much, much more recently than, than you, by the sounds. This is something I've I've watched, bef- obviously, before we started recording the podcast, but um, still sort of in the last five years, I would say. And this is a really exceptional movie. And, you know, in terms of just sort of going against what I just said, just showing how much he has in his locker in terms of a performance like this in a, you know, I always talk about confined spaces. It doesn't get any more confined than this. And like in terms of claustrophobia and all the rest of it, this movie is is absolutely fantastic. I just, yeah, for me, this was, um instantly the one i went to for some reason i thought it was called underground or something i couldn't remember the name of it and when i was googling it this movie six underground came up and i remembered that one i was like no that's definitely not it um and i was like, oh yeah buried that's what it was called so so funny that you and i pick out the same two because he does have quite a bit on his you know he's got a hundred and you know there's a lot of stuff in there i do want to make two other little mentions which i know is naughty but i'm going to do it anyway firstly I recommend that everyone does a YouTube search for Ryan Reynolds interviews, Ryan Reynolds. It's absolutely top comedy and how much he rips into himself is really good value. That's a performance you don't want to miss. And secondly, there was something of a, a crisis half-measures meeting prior to the recording of this podcast where for the first time ever, there was a suggestion that we might bring to the table someone being themselves in something that wasn't fictitious and that was Welcome to Wrexham. And in the end, uh, the executive decision was do whatever you want. (laughs) 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 But it didn't feel right for me because I I have to say my favourite Ryan Reynolds production or project in, in anything would be Welcome to Wrexham, but that is not a role. That is not a performance. That's just great production
0: yeah no i think that's a good shout and i think um i think that ultimately was the right call because though you and i are huge fans of welcome to ricksham it is it, it. It's kind of hard to put it in that sort of documentary sense, uh, peak performance. So, and because his his role is, he's actually not the star of that show um, as well. Which That's right. Not that not that that matters for when we're choosing peak performances, but um, I think we've made the right the right call on the night.
1: I think you're right, and that was one of the shows I was referring to, in terms of other shows coming to the max. We've got Bosch Legacy Season 2 could be in the mix. Welcome to Rexon Season 2. All episodes of that show will have aired um, by early to mid-November, and that will be another one that you and I will um, no doubt get into. And, of course, last time we watched it sort of separately, and I'm hoping Mm -hmm. this year if things align, we might have the chance to go in joint review on Season 2 of that because it's a fantastic show.
0: It is indeed. Paul, I think that brings us to the end of another episode of the Half Measures Podcast.
1: It does indeed. Thank you as always for listening in. Do get in touch with us if you've got any recommendations, any comments on anything we've watched, halfmeasurespodcast.com or you'll find us on all the social media.
0: Also, a very special shout out to our Patreon producers Samara Whiting King, Dinah Kanawa, Trisha Brady, and Michael Chalmers. If you too would like to become a Patreon producer of the show, then you can find those details in the show notes below. But until next week, everyone, adiós.